Jordan, open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant to Shaq. Game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. Everything's going to go. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys NBA Podcast. We are coming at you with another two-man pod today. I'm joined with my mate Cal. How you doing, man? Let's go, man. Um, yeah, pretty good. Uh, exciting time of the year. We can talk some fantasy hoops. Um, one of my favorite times of the year um, leading into it. Obviously, there's a lot of a lot of preparation that goes into it, personally. Um, yeah. And, and also, we have the free agency that's been hit this weekend. So, a lot of changes, a lot of people... Um, switching, shuffling teams, uh, exciting times, mate. It's been it's been busy. That's that's an understatement. But um, yeah, so we're gonna be we're gonna be talking a lot of fantasy on this pod. Um, we're gonna be ramping up the fantasy content coming at you. We've got mock drafts coming a plenty, um, and so. But before we get into the fantasy chat, we we do want to just reassess what's happened in the last week or so. We've had both the NBA draft and the free agency. Um, Lots have happened. Lots of shuffling teams of what was supposed to be a, a quiet year. Um, but we, we had a lot of players t- change teams. Just want to get your take on um, who was the overall like winners and losers from free agency, in your opinion. Um, I'd have to say that the biggest winner as a team, um, in my, it's probably going to be the Lakers for me. I think that they locked in some players who will benefit their team, players in, in roles that they needed. And, and then they kind of got rid of some of the contracts that didn't really... Um, you know, someone like Avery Bradley, who wasn't even part of that championship run. Sure, he could have been serviceable, but um, he's put off the team now just because... I mean, look, he didn't win him a championship in the playoffs. So there's little things like that. You bring in a Marcus Sol. Yeah. Um, great center for them. Great role player. Um, I can see him and, and LeBron doing some pretty spicy passing together. Um, so, yeah, b- big winner for me would be the Lakers. Big loser for me... Um, I'd probably have to say OKC, uh, just in the sense of they're going to lose a lot of games this season. They're going to, in my opinion, going to be the worst team in the NBA now. Even though they have 2,000 draft picks, yeah. they're still going to be a pretty bad team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've, they've, been, they've been stockpiling assets. Look, they've been busy. OKC, they've been busy. They've been making a lot of trades. They've been... Um, my take, yeah, I, I'd agree there with the Lakers. Um, I think they're clearly, I think clearly they're the, they're the biggest winner. Um, as I hate to admit it, as a Celtics fan, but um, yeah, like the addition of Schroeder is like perfect for them. Uh, I, I like the addition of Montrez Harrell as long as they play him at a reasonable minutes limit, um, and they're not sort of playing in 36 minutes a night and Anthony Davis playing all those powerful minutes. I do like Anthony Davis at the center, but to have him on your roster, you've got that flexibility. Marcus Ole's perfect. He's a veteran on that team. Yeah, they've got Contavious Caldwell Pope back. Look, I think they, they smashed out of the park, as, as I hate to admit it, but uh, another winner I will say is, um, and I was a bit questionable, but but I think that it's, it's worked out, is the Atlanta Hawks, you know, signing... Gallo, signing Bogdan Bogdanovich, who I'm a big fan of. Um, I, I like their draft pick of Okongwu, um, even though they, they already have a, a starting front court, but I like the depth they've added there. So 
I think I see them now as a playoff team. I think in the Eastern Conference they're gonna they're gonna sneak into the playoffs at a seventh or eighth seed. Um, I know Jermaine called it out earlier, but before those pieces, I wasn't so sure. But now that they've added those guys, uh, I can definitely see that happening. Um, so yeah, they're, the East they're a deep team. They're a very very deep team now. Yeah, so. they're at least they're at least too deep on every every position basically um, with serviceable players. You've got you know, veterans like Rondo, young guys that came in like Chris Dunn. Um, so I, I really like their team. I, they're exciting to watch. Treyon's a superstar in the making anyway. But um, yeah, I think they're a big winner. Now I have another loser, and I think these guys are clearly the losers, and that's the Detroit Detroit Pistons. What what <laughs> they, the fuck they are they doing? Draft, they had a good draft night. I'll give them that. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they drafted Killian Hayes, who we'll get into a bit later, but I'm big on. I love Killian Hayes, but I yeah. feel like that almost like fell in their lap. And after that, they just, I don't know, they just lost the plot. Like, <laughs> they just went, they went full New York Knicks. They just started <laughs> signing all these big men. Like, they let Christian Wood go, who went on like a three-year, like 40, I think it was, was it $41 million? But yeah. then they signed Jeremy Grant to a three-year $60 million deal. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, why? Like, Jeremy Grant's a good player, but... Do you really want to pay him twenty million a year for three years on a team that's not going anywhere? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it seems just like a and bit of a nothing is, move. I think they were paying. Um, they're paying kind of Mason Plumley more money than really what, um, or a very similar amount of money than uh, what they could have paid Christian Wood. And Christian yeah. Wood has so much more upside. Like, yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what the reasoning behind that like like you could see Detroit and and OKC being like a similar record but the way that Detroit's gone about it just makes no sense to me they haven't gathered any assets they're just like being bad but locking up a lot of salary whereas OKC are being much smarter with their their salaries they're getting draft picks um, so I just think it's it's just a much smarter way to go about it. Um, so, yeah, the OKC will be bad, but I think they've got a bright future ahead of them, and I think they can rebound really quickly. Um, so, yeah, well, let's let's move on. We're gonna we're gonna start talking fantasy. So, um, two two main things we want to talk about today: fantasy, um, and the first thing we're gonna talk about are some rookies. So, obviously, we've had our draft, and which rookies are going to be fantasy relevant um, now? We all know that it's been said, it's been beat over the head with us, but this was supposed to be a poor draft. So, And even traditionally in fantasy, the rookies don't usually light the world on fire. Or there may be one or two that come in. I remember, I think it was Carl Anthony Towns came in first year, smashed it. He, I think it was a top... 10 a night. I drafted him, and I yeah. loved it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, props there, props there. I tried to pull the same thing with Zion last year. Did not work. <laughs> so... Um, but in general, usually there's only a few or a handful that, that are actually able to stay on our teams. But um, I think we're going to break it down into to two lists. I, I can think of four rookies that probably should be drafted in a standard 12-team draft. That's to say that you know there are top 160 players. But then we're going to give you a list of, of some rookies to keep on your watch list that maybe you don't draft them, but you, you put that little star next to their name and just, just see how they go and, and watch them during the preseason and see how their minutes roll out. So um, I'll, I'll name the first one and I'll throw it over to you, Cal. So in my opinion, you can debate me on this, but I think LaMelo Ball, um, after this first year, will be the highest ranked rookie. and I think he should be the first rookie off the board. What, what are your thoughts there? Um, I think he's he's in a great situation. So I, I agree with you on the point that yes, he um he's going to be handed the ball. Um, it's kind of kind of weird 
what what he's going to play either with if it's going to be um Grant, uh, sorry um Devonte Graham or if it's going to be Terry Rozier. But he's he's still going to put up big kind of um, minutes played, and and that's what you really yeah. need in fantasy. I can see him putting up a lot of turnovers, so that's something to consider for that category. Um, I know some people like to punt that, especially uh, someone today, Mitch, and <laughs> yeah, well, specialty. <laughs> yeah, gotta, gotta so, love me some punt turnover builds. So I can see you obviously forecasting him as the number one fantasy player. And um, yeah. look, I, I, I mean, look, he's being compared to you know Karis Levert or Delancho Russell. He'll he'll put up some assists. He's athletic. He'll, he'll be a highlight reel kind of player. He's a good player to have in your. You know, you you want some of those fantasy players that you you obviously look at the highlights um, every game. He's one of those. Yeah. players. he's like he'll oh, be fun to watch. Stats. Yeah, exactly. He's a fun player, and you want a couple of those in your fantasy team. Like, I mean, me personally, I like to have a bit of a. It's, it just keeps you helps you keep track of the NBA kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, Look, I, I'll I'll read out his stats uh, here at the the Australian League. Um, he put up 17 points per game, uh, seven and a half rebounds, seven assists, a steal and a half. He nearly hit th- two threes a game, but on poor percentages at 25%. Um, his free throw percentage was at 72%, which is better than his brother. Um, and obviously, um, two and a half turnovers, but I expect that to be a lot higher in the NBA. Um, yeah, like you said, I think the, the biggest draw card is we expect him to be given the keys right away. Um, now, whether it's at the expense of Devontae Graham or Terry Brazier, I personally think uh, Devontae Graham will come off the bench. Um, but either way, I, I expect him, and he should start, if not from day one, very early in the season. Look, his percentages are going to be rough, um, but you know, it, it's it, you've got to take that into account. I, I would compare him more to his brother, like Alonzo Ball. Um, potentially, he might score more, and, but hit fewer threes, and his free throw percentage might be a little bit better. Um, but the same, the same kind of build. It, it, he's got. Uh, lower block rate as well. So Lonzo, you know, nearly averages a block as a, as a guard. So Lamelo hasn't yet shown that in his short career, but he has the length and potential to do so. But um, yeah, look, I, I'm not saying that he should be a top 50 player. I think he should be drafted closer to like that 90 to 100 range is my personal opinion. Um, but of this group, it's probably close between him and Wiseman. But I reckon he he should be number one. Do you think who who would you want to draft first, him or Wiseman? Obviously, completely different players, but in a vacuum. Um, I, I probably he probably would be my number one. I, I'd have to go with Lamelo just because yeah. the upside's probably a bit better with Wiseman. I don't know. I don't know how he, he's going to get minutes, I guess, as well. But his role obviously won't be anywhere close to yeah. Bulls. And if you've catered your team to Lamelo, um, for example, I think the probably the best fit for him would be a punt field goal. Um, yeah, you get a punt field goal for Lamar. He, he's got to be a good fit. Um, he'll turn over the ball a bit. bit yeah, punt field goal, punt turnovers. Yeah, he's going to yeah. thrive in that kind of build. Like he, he should get he should get you know pretty reasonable points, assists, and, and rebounds, and then the, a reasonable amount of threes and a, a reasonable amount of steals is what I'm expecting. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Let's move on to James Wiseman, who we have mentioned. Um, I think it'd be, it'd be close, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he is the uh, top-ranked rookie out of this group. Um, I just wouldn't draft him ahead of Lamelo Ball in a vacuum, like I said. If I was looking for a big man stats, obviously I'm going to go for Wiseman. The sample size we have on him is obviously very small. Um, he played three college games, and in 23 minutes, he's blocked three shots a game, which is crazy. Um, average 20 points, 10 rebounds. Like these are monster numbers, 70, 70%, 77% from the field, um, 70% from the line. So look, if you extrapolate that out to like 30 minutes a game, that's just a monster. But 
small sample size, number one. And number two, you know, maybe he doesn't get as many minutes as someone like a LaMelo Ball. He's playing for the Golden State Warriors or a championship team, or well, maybe before Clay went down, they were a championship level team. Um, maybe Clay going down, you know, makes them pursue that youth movement a little bit more. Um, but someone you can definitely pick up around that 9 to 100 mark again who should get uh, a ton of blocks, should get you a, a few rebounds um, and good field goal percentage. Yeah. In terms of rankings, uh, he's definitely a safer bet than Lamelo. because I think Lamelo, as I said, his ceiling's higher. Um, in fantasy, it depends what you want to do. If you want to shoot yeah. defenses on some of those later picks, usually that's what I'd probably prefer to do. But uh, I think he's a safer bet with the fact that um, yeah. he should get some blocks. He should get a reasonable amount of minutes. Even if it's just 25 minutes a game, he should still produce reasonable um, rebounds and blocks. Um, yeah. And it doesn't hurt your three throw too much either. So He probably, yeah, he probably has less negatives than Lamelo, yeah. and probably has, like, you know, if, if he does manage to block two shots a game, like, that's a big boom in his value. So that would lead his ranking to increase. But whether yeah. or not he's as valuable to your team will depend on your build. So I, exactly. I see those two players being very close um, and both going around that 90 level um, in, in drafts. Um, so, yeah, I think clearly those should be the first two drafted from the rookie pile. Um, I, I want to talk about my, my guy here next, um, who I've got at number three, and you may disagree with this, but Killian Hayes, I think, should be drafted in fantasy drafts this year. Now, I do want to keep an eye on the rotation there. They, they have some guards. Obviously, Derek Rose is still there. Um, they've recently traded for uh, Dillon Wright, but... If I mean, and look, we just bagged on the Pistons before. <laughs> they they are far from a well-run organization, or they haven't shown that this off-season. So maybe they don't give him the keys early on, but they should be giving him the keys. They want to be bad. Um, I think Killian Hayes is going to get lots of opportunity this season, um, and I think he can make some noise in fantasy leagues this year. Um, I think he can too, just because I assume he's going to be the starter. And... Um, it's going to be a great combination to see, obviously, Killian Hayes uh, run with four other centers on the court. Um, I'm expecting to see it <laughs> yeah. in their roster. <laughs> and uh, hopefully yeah. he, can, he can pop up some dimes. Um, the, one, the one knock to him uh, in terms of his advanced kind of stats is uh, his turnover rate is a bit high. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, I assume he'd, he'd be one of those guys in a head-to-head league who on, on the odd night will might get like eight turnovers and five turnovers um, kind of regularly. But... Um, he's still Look, let's just assist. let's just get this out of the way. All, all rookies turn the ball over. Like it's it's just That's a fair. it's part of the, the territory. If you're drafting a rookie, you're expecting high turnovers, and you're probably expecting poor poor field goal percentage. Uh, unless you're doing someone like a center like James Wiseman, I think that just comes with the territory when you draft rookies. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree to that. Um, especially if he's a point guard, it's just part of learning the league. So as long yeah. as I, just take that in consideration, yeah, um, he might hurt you a bit there, but it, he's definitely got a pretty good upside. Um, I, I like watching him too in terms of um, he's cool to watch the, the lefty so the French yeah. so go Killian Hayes where would you want to pick him if you were this hypothetical what kind of range would you go for now look this is where I would want to see how that rotation 
is at this moment when things are still a bit cloudy, I, I would want to take him with one of my last one or two picks. So probably close to that 140, 150 range. Um, I would hope that he would slide there. If I can see a clear sign that he's going to be the starter from like day one or early days, then he would be moving close to that 100 range to me. But right now, I'm not too sure. Maybe they want Derek Rose to have a bit more minutes than maybe they want Dylan Wright starting. Um, but I think definitely by the end of the season, they'll move away from Rose and away from Wright, and he'll get more keys to the offense. Um, I'll just run through his stats from overseas real quick. Uh, average close to 13 points, six assists, a steal and a half, um, two and a half rebounds is a bit low there. Um, one of the big knocks of him is his three-point shooting. Um, uh, averaging uh, 27% from, from three-point, but... He takes enough threes that you, you'll still get the volume there. You'll still get probably at least a, a three or a three and a half a game. Um, and he's, he's long, so I expect those rebounds to come up given the minutes. Although, with the 100 centers they've got in that team, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, points, steals, um, good free throw percentage, shoots over 90% from the free throw line, which is elite, um, and good assist there. So... Uh, just what you want from a, a good point guard and just the minutes. So the upside will be there. So someone just take a flyer on at the end of the draft. Yeah, yeah fair enough. I think I know who that's going to be in our draft as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not to listen to this podcast. I know, I know the boys are listening. <laughs> um, the last one who I think should be drafted, although I don't know if I will draft him, um, but I, 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 he probably will go ahead of Killian Hayes, and that's Anthony Edwards, the number one pick in number the draft pick. this year. I know, the number one pick. Why is he, why is he last on this list, or at least Thank on the ones you should draft? Pick. Well, the reason is, in fantasy, you need to contribute in multiple categories. And yeah. Anthony Edwards is only a scorer. And he only, he only, it's points, and that's it. And on a team that has Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, they've also just signed Ricky Rubio, they've got Malik Beasley. Um, those points, are, they'll be there, but it's reminiscent of like a Colin Sexton or an Andrew Wiggins, but probably even worse in my opinion. Um, the, the, percentages, the percentages are not great, you know, sub 80% in free throws, right at 40% from the field. Um, and just doesn't really do much else. So that's why I'm a little down on him. And I personally don't know if I would draft him in the top 160. Yeah, I um, I, th- I think you were spot on with the comparison. Um, he could be, in terms of fantasy, he could be a bit of an Andrew Wiggins comparison, mm. um, which I'm sure all the Timberwolves fans are really happy to hear. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like points, but that's about it. Like points with not super efficient, so that doesn't really help you there either. And then um, doesn't really get a whole lot of assists or doesn't get a lot of threes and and things like that. So the counting stats aren't really there. He's really just there. His potential really is points. And and even on a team with Kyle Anthony Towns and Delancho Russell, it's kind of like, like, is he the... I don't think he's going to be the the third option because they just gave Malik Beasley a huge contract. So it's a bit of a question mark there too. Um, Yeah. So maybe he's the fourth option. could be third option... Um, but I, I feel like his fantasy output won't be super impressive. I, I agree with you. Yeah, look, I, I think he'll probably be a better real-life player than a fantasy player. Um, but yeah, just those those multiple... Yeah, uh, he'll be exciting. And, and look, the, the reason you would take him at the end of the draft is just the sheer upside of his talent and ability. Apparently, he's grown. Apparently, he's now six foot six is what I've heard. Uh, I'll have to check that. The NBA is all over the place with their height sometimes. So um, I'll have to see what he looks like on the, on the court. But yeah, look, 
you, you take a flyer on him if there's no one really left at the very end of your draft. Sure, have a stab, but I'm not expecting great things from him at least this first season, and, and we'll just sort of see how see how he goes. But yeah, so I think those are the the, the four players who I would want to draft in the league. We'll move on to a couple of guys that are, I think you should maybe, maybe not draft, but keep an eye on and, and put in your watch list. And the first name might surprise you. Um, he's, he's one of the guys that I was really impressed with the Thunder for trading up and actually drafting. I think he fits perfect on that team. And that is Alexei Pokasevsky. Um, he's an international player from Serbia. And I just want to show you these stats, Callum, on a per 36 hit, hit me up. minutes. Hit me up. Per, per 36 minutes, so he, in, in the league he only played 21 minutes, but per 36, 16 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks, 2 steals, and 2.5 threes. <laughs> this yeah. guy, like, on a per, per 36 basis, this guy puts up stats. He's the weirdest <laughs> build of a player. He's 7 foot tall, weighs only 200 pounds, and he's got a 7-3 wingspan, and he played guard um, in Greece. A really strange statistical spectrum. Um, God, yeah, he's twelve rebounds. Yeah, well, he's he's seven foot tall. I mean, he's still seven <laughs> foot tall, but he's he's weak as piss. Um, but on the Thunder, who don't really have any other goals except for tanking, developing youth, I could see at some point this season him having a fantasy impact and and putting up some weird stats. So some combination of assists and blocks and steals. Um, shoots a decent free throw percentage. Um, it could be nothing. He could be terrible. He could be too weak to play in the NBA this year because um, he is very, very thin. Um, but on the off chance that he does blossom into a good player, it could be could be a steal. Yeah. The, the one thing for him would just be minutes played. You just gotta, yeah. As you said, put him in your watch list. Um, yeah. It could be a year too early, but there's no harm in putting him on your watch list um, because those per 36 are pretty good. But as you said, he only really averaged 21 minutes a game, and, and that wasn't in the NBA. So. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't in the NBA. So yeah, you're right. That that minutes played will be the key stat there. So something, someone I'm definitely interested in watching. And had he been on any other team, I probably wouldn't even bothered. But because he's on the Thunder, there's there's enough scope to think that by the end of the season they're just full tank and just go on, you know, full trust the process sort of thing. And given all their young guys any minutes they can handle. All right, so the, the next one is another sort of, I guess, opportunity-based pick, and that's Danny Avdia. And I know you're not a, you weren't a huge fan from him in the last pod, uh, but given the opportunity he has in front of him on a Washington team that doesn't really have many good wings, um, what do you think of his opportunity this year? Um, look, I, I've made it clear that I'm not a big fan of Danny. Um, in terms of fantasy upside, if he gets minutes... Um, he, he could get the odd he could get a reasonable amount maybe of assists and um, yeah. I don't know he could get the odd three and, and rebounds a bit of points but I, I don't know it really does depend on the minutes um, I, I don't, don't think he's really quite ready for the NBA yet and that being said um, his, his three throws is, is really kind of what could hurt you so that's yeah. also something to be in mind if, if you've got a punt three throw team then there's no harm in taking him um, I, I don't expect it to be on a high volume, so it may not hurt that much. Much like a like a Lonzo yeah. Ball kind of thing, you know, his free throws are poor, but he doesn't shoot nearly any at all, basically. So, um, but yeah, someone who's again sort of like Pokasevsky got a weird statistical distribution, like lots of rebounds, maybe some assists and threes, but not much scoring. Um, 
not not many sort of uh, blocks or, or anything like that. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I, I sort of want to fly through these next guys. This next guy uh, we'll talk about is Obi Toppin, someone to keep on your watch list. Again, most of these things are going to come down to opportunity. In a Knicks rotation that does have um, a couple of big forwards, uh, lots of forwards on their team, does he play a bit at the three? Do they prioritize getting him in, getting a lot of minutes? Um, I'm not sure. They seem pretty keen on him. I mean, there were rumors here they were supposed to dr- um, trade up to pick five to get him. So if they really wanted him that bad, you'd think they might play him. Um, <laughs> you, you never uh, know with the Knicks, though. I, I will say, I'm going to shock the world right now and say um, add him to your draft board as a late round pick, guys. Ooh, I like Ovi. Okay. I, like, I like Ovi. Ovi's good. I reckon he's going to get minutes. Um, yes, it's with the Knicks, but we know that if Tibbs, um, he's usually got his core group. I think Obi will be in that core. He usually only goes, you know, eight or nine deep, really. Um, and I, I see the upside there for Obi. It could be, uh, it's only yeah. going to be points and rebounds, and but his field goal could be good too. It'd be points, rebounds, field goal. I mean, this, trickle this of threes. The, the player of the year. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, like I said, a few, few um, the other three here and there. He, I think he'll be, um, he, he can be, Valuable. I, I would draft him um, as a late round pick, personally. Okay, right now, like without any more news, you draft right him. Now. Yeah, okay. Put a flyer on um, Obi. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, look, at this point of the draft, like you, you can just do those sort of things and just just test it out. Personally, I think there are better options. I would rather draft someone who I think will be there, like a Killian Hayes. Um, but like, I can definitely see the appeal. I just don't know because of the fact that he doesn't offer many steals, assists, blocks. Um, the, the the upside is limited. Um, you know, you, you, I, I heard you compare him to someone like a Aaron Gordon, which I think is spot on. Um, I think he's exactly like an Aaron Gordon. And even Aaron Gordon in his, what, fifth, sixth year, yep. he's not lighting the fantasy world on fire. So we, we could see it happening. Um, I think if you were to see, if your draft is later, so right before the start of the season and you see in training camp that they're going to play Obi Toppin a lot, definitely take a fly there. But uh, or if you're just really keen like Cal, maybe you can give it a go. <laughs> um, all right, I, I'm going to shoot out these next three guards just to keep an eye on. Um, so the, the three I've got here are Tyrese Halliburton, Cole Anthony, and Kira Lewis Jr. So three guards with a, a bit of opportunity. Kira Lewis Jr. is probably a bit of a long shot, but he's playing on a team that has a lot of um, fantasy production in years gone past with their pace. Um, and his statistics convert really well to uh, fantasy. But just guys that may, in their first year, get a bit of opportunity, especially if their lead guard goes down. So say we get injury to De'Aaron Fox, um, or perhaps even Tyrese plays a long Fox with uh, Bogdanovich leaving. So um, you could see him getting some solid minutes there. Yeah. Uh, I'll say just in terms of fantasy stats, uh, what they put up um, in college for Cole Anthony and Kira Lewis were pretty similar. They're both putting up about your 18, 5, and 5. So I, yeah. I guess you're hoping that um, these guys get the same amount of opportunity and can then put that um, you know, um, into some good fantasy basketball. Tyrese Halliburton didn't produce as much on the points, um, but he, he put up a good amount of uh, rebounds and assists, so he was kind of like a 15, 6, and 6 kind of player. Yeah. So and, and with the Kings, I can see uh, his um, kind of like opportunity and, and his men's play kind of rise maybe even from the get-go like it's still a young yeah. team so he definitely is someone I'd, I'd have on my watch list for sure yeah i definitely put him on your watch list and see how it plays out um I, like i said i can definitely see him playing with fox um and all these guys don't have the the strongest competition in front of them so someone like uh markel fultz for orlando could easily sort of 
you know, we could see him out of the rotation or his shoulders playing up again and Cole Anthony gets some opportunity there. So, um, or even, you know, someone like Eric Bledsoe uh, is prone to some injuries, getting a bit older now. You could see uh, taking a bit of time off and then Kira Lewis getting a bit of opportunity there. All right, well, we might move on from there and that's all for our fantasy rookies. All right, so moving on to the free agents. So we are going to go through the biggest winners from a fantasy point of view in the free agency. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Cal. This first guy is obvious, and he's going to be going off draft boards early. It has to be. It's got to be Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Am I right? Yes. Like the man, he's the only remaining starter, I think, for that uh, <laughs> that fourth seed. Yeah. Um, or fifth seed, fifth seed OKC team. So he's going to. I, is he going to be the number one option? Like, uh, has know, to be. Has to be. He has to be the number <laughs> one option. Um, it's not going to be a big Al Horford? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think Al Field was <laughs> going to be at the age that he's at. But yeah, Shea is clearly, in my opinion, the number one beneficiary from this offseason. Um, he's going to be a very popular pick uh, early in drafts. Um, I, I had him last year. He made a huge jump in his points per game from year one to two. Um, and... He was ranked 54th overall in a punt turnover build last year, um, averaging 19, 6, and 3 with a steal and nearly a block per game with good shooting percentages, um, just over a three-pointer per game. I can easily see those assists doubling this year, getting up to six assists, and that scoring to take an even further increase. Even the rebounding could increase because obviously Stephen Adams isn't there. Um, they, they, they've just they've shipped everyone out like there's no one left on this team so um, maybe his turnovers increase and maybe his percentages drop a little bit his field goal percentage that, may, that is but if you're willing to cop a little bit of a hit there his counting stats are going to be very nice yeah I, I agree I think as a bonus to him he'd be getting you I mean he averaged 19 points last season yeah so that's going to jump up um, his assist should definitely jump up with Chris Paul gone. He's going to run the show a lot more, have the ball in his hands way more often. Um, and his three-throw percentage was actually pretty good. I mean, like, he, he shot five a game last season. Surely that's going to go up to, like, seven a game, maybe? Eight a game? Yeah, um, you'd think and, he would he get... he shoots it at 80%. Yeah, so he'll have, a, he'll have a bigger increase in that, which is a good point. That's a, that's a big increase to his value. So... Um, now, as of recording, you know, Yahoo just changed this on us today. Uh, but as of recording, um, Shea Gilders-Alexander is ranked 34 on Yahoo. Um, would you be comfortable drafting him around that point? Um, oh, it's, it's still pretty high up. I mean, there's a lot of good players down to 34. So I, I can see players taking him at 34. Yep. Um, I personally would probably want to get him in the 40s if I could. Yep. Um, I think if, if he's dropping... Because some people will be scared. Some people will think, oh, I don't know, there's some uncertainty. If he drops to the mid-40 range, I, you just have to pick him up, in my opinion. Look, I'm perfectly comfortable drafting him at 34. I, I could even go a bit higher. I, I, I'm happy to draft him you know, between that 25 and 30 range. Like, I think he's going to be an absolute star this season. Um, like, I, There's no reason I can't see him averaging 23, 6 and 6 with a steal and a half, bigger free throw percentage boom. Um, yeah, and, and getting nearly a block from your guard, that, that's that's big time as well. So 
I'm all aboard the Shea Gilders Alexander hype train. Um, <laughs> I think he's a great player. Uh, so he's, he's pretty clear cut. I think he'll be going off early in, in drafts. One person who may not be clear cut, and some people may have been burnt by in the past, who I think is another big winner from this free agency, is Gordon Hayward. And it pains me to say this as a Celtics fan, um, but he is going from uh, a fourth option on the Celtics behind Kemba, Brown, and Tatum to what should be the number one option on a struggling Charlotte team. So um, he actually did pretty well last year from a fantasy point of view in the regular season. Obviously, he had some injuries in the playoffs and and struggled to get healthy and has done for the past three years. But um, yeah, from, from, from a fantasy point of view, I, I really like what Gordon Hayward could be doing this season. What do you think? Um, I, I think he's definitely going to go up um, at- you look at kind of the first couple months of, of last season, he he put up something like 19-5-5 five five or, or something pretty crazy, and then he, he dropped off a fair bit. And and that's still in that kind of number four role. So if he can kind of obviously stay healthy is the, the one main thing for him, and, and there's a bit of an injury concern for him. But if you can get Gordon Hayward at a pretty reasonable pick, um, we'll, we'll dive, dive into numbers a bit later on, but I, I still think... Um, He's got to have the ball more in, more in his hands. It, yeah. The question mark, I guess, with Charlotte is like they've got essentially kind of three point guards, and we know Gordon can run the show a bit too. So on a negative, it's like you know, I don't, I'm not sure how his assists would go um, with that team. Yeah. But I still think that his points have got to go up, and he's usually he's just an efficient player. Like field goals yeah. good, three throws are good, turnovers are usually pretty pretty reasonable. So he's just like a good solid all round player that doesn't like hurt any kind of strategy he fits every build yeah so, so it, last year he averaged 17 and a half 6.7 rebounds four assists um one and a half threes uh didn't quite get a steal but 50 like you said good percentages 50 percent from the field 85 from the line low turnovers he was ranked 49th even in a punt turnover build last year and on yahoo currently he is the 87th ranked player which just doesn't make any sense to me so I don't know how he's getting worse than last year. I guess there are, <laughs> I guess there are questions about his health, which is probably the biggest yeah. thing, and and you do have to take that into consideration. But I don't know. I feel like at eighty seven, that's a steal. Like at that point of the draft, there are, there are injury issues galore. There's there's risks galore. So I'd be probably comfortable picking him around close to like the sixty mark personally between that 50 and 60 range i think that's probably good value because he's got even a chance you know he was 80 49th last year he's got a chance to be you know top 40 pushing close to that 30 rank there um in my opinion yeah yeah it could be a science of what um it wouldn't be quite as good as the utah gordon hayward but but that utah gordon hayward he was kind of like in the 20s yeah yeah so he, he was really good um, and I think you're right. If, if you can get get them around that 60 range, I think you're doing pretty pretty damn well. Yeah, definitely. I, c- I can definitely see him uh, averaging 20 points, more rebounds, um, hitting more threes. Um, potentially his assists, I could see it probably being pretty similar. I mean, depending on how much they go through Lamelo Ball, but yeah, definitely those points, rebounds, and threes will go up. I, I believe. Um, and maybe the maybe the turnovers go up too. But you know my thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess the, the next biggest winner, uh, and he was a big big factor in fantasy last year, was Christian Wood. Um, and he's a winner because he gets to keep his starting position being traded to Houston Rockets. And I think this is a perfect fit for him. Um, he was um, 
look, if the season kept going, he would have been on a lot of championship teams last year, people who picked him up before Andre Drummond got traded. Um, and once Andre Drummond did get traded, this guy went absolutely nuts. Yeah, he, um, he's pretty... He, he's one of those guys who can um, hit the three and get a block um, when he actually had his minutes. And, and something like that is very valuable on fantasy. Yeah. So w- when you get him, you're hoping that um, he, he can get like... If he gets like one and a half on, on both those ends, that's valuable with the points and rebounds and the field goal included. So, um, and, and then that being said, his three throws are also pretty reasonable for a big man. He shoots about 75%. So Stop it doesn't that. really hurt you. And there's that value for the, um, the blocks and the threes. So... Um, and, and I don't know how many other centers that Rockets have in their roster, but he should definitely have a pretty big role. So they, they also, they, he was basically their only center aside from 40-year-old Tyson Chandler, but they did sign, um, I think it was DeMarcus Cousins as well on that team. Yeah, health concern uh, there. Health concern. So I know we all think Boogie Cousins, yeah, multi-time all-star, but I don't know how many minutes he's going to get. Um, it will be interesting to watch. Um, but I, I still think Christian Woods definitely... Um, the guy that they want to give more minutes and the guy that they want to be starting. So um, look, let's just listen to these numbers. Uh, when he was a starter, which was only 12 games, so it is a small sample size, but in thirty, but nearly 35 minutes a game, 22 points, nine and a half rebounds, two assists, uh, nearly a steal, nearly a block, um, 1.7 threes, uh, shooting 56 and 74 from the line. So those are some pretty tasty stats. And... Um, I believe in that time he was ranked nearly close to the top 30. So um, someone who's going to be, again, another popular pick, I think. I think he will be going pretty early. Um, let me just have a quick look at where he's ranked. He's ranked 62. 62. Yeah. Which I think is too low. I would be very comfortable drafting him in that fifty to that 40 to 50 range, personally. I think he, uh, especially if you can have a look in the training camp and you know he's starting over DeMarcus Cousins, um, definitely someone who could go a little bit earlier than that. Yeah, and, and as, as we touched on the health, like it's only, surely Boogie's going to rest games. I don't know how many games he'll play. So when that happens, um, I, I can see, and <laughs> I guess some, something else we might have to address is the whole Westbrook and James Harden situation. Yeah. Um, it, all you really need Christian Wood to do is just, yeah, hit the open three and then uh, pick, and, pick and roll to the rim, obviously, and get those kind of like big dunk plays, which we know James Harden's really good at. He did it with Capella. Yeah. So that kind of ups Christian Wood's field goal. Um, gives them easy basket, easy points at that kind of rim runner um, role. So. Yeah, both both Westbrook and Harden are good at those drawing the defender, addition off. Then you know Westbrook did it with Stephen Adams back at OKC, and even if both those guys leave, well, that's just more usage, uh, more plays run through Christian Wood. So I think either way, he's he's going to be in a really good position. All right, let's move on to winner number four, and I am happy to say this one because it's my boy Marcus Smart. Um, now, I suppose the, the Celtics in, in as a whole, we'll get to another Celtic later, um, should be a bit of a winner from a statistical point of view because Tatum's obviously left, one of their big four that you could say. Um, but I think, I think Marcus Smart's the biggest winner. We saw him move into the starting lineup when Hayward went down in the playoffs um, and he thrived in that role. And I think he's going to get much more secondary ball handling opportunities. We've already, it's the season's not even started yet, but we're already getting rumors of Kemba Walker resting um, and taking some, you know, getting going early on the season, maybe having some minutes restrictions. But I think Marcus Smart's in for a big year this year with Gordon Hayward gone. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, obviously, he's gonna he's gonna have to be in a starting role. Um, he, even though I will say he still played about thirty-one and a half minutes a game last season. Um, yeah, it's more I guess the usage. Uh, it's the usage, yeah. Mm. So he's always been one of those guys who um, it, his kind of effort on the court wasn't always translated to stats. Um, but but now that he's shooting a lot of threes. Yeah, his three category is huge, and with those steals as well. I mean, he put up one point seven steals last season, so yeah. he's always very high up in that category really useful having and he can, he can get the odd block here and there um, the only thing he does hurt you on is is the field goal he, yeah. he averaged 37 and a half field goal last yeah it, 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 it is his worst category by far mm. um, and it's something yeah. you do have to take into account um, in saying that though in a punt turnover build he was the 62nd ranked player and Yahoo has him ranked at 94 right now. So, again, Yahoo thinking that um, Marcus Smart's going to get worse last than last year with um, Gordon Hayward. I don't know. Maybe they rate Jeff Teague over Gordon Hayward a bit more. I'm not sure. But I definitely, at 94, that's a slam dunk pick. Especially if you're in a punt field goal percentage build, his value goes even higher than that, and he becomes a top 50 kind of player. So, um, someone who I really like to target in those middle rounds if I am punting that category. Um, anything more to say on Marcus Smart or are we pretty out to move on um, I'll say for numbers I feel like I personally would yeah, as you said the middle rounds maybe that 7 or 8 round when you can get when you want to get some 3's that's probably his biggest strength so I'd be getting him around that kind of maybe 60 to 70 um, if he falls there I'd be taking him I mean like look 3's assists steals uh, low turnovers um, for a guard he's averaging half a block which is not too bad uh, I can definitely see the assists and points going up this year um the assist just because he's going to have the ball in his hand more. Gordon Hayward was a lot of a... He was a secondary ball handler for the Celtics, especially sometimes when they rotate those four players around. Uh, so I think that will go to Marcus Smart a lot more this season. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, he's a slam dunk in a punt, punt field goal build. All right, let's go on to the next winner. And this is, again, another player who I think is going to be very hyped this preseason, and that is Michael Porter Jr. Um, yeah. Obviously, he played well in the bubble. Well, had a few he games, did. a few few games of, of uh, brilliance. Um, probably feels like it was more than it actually was. But uh, <laughs> the big thing for him is Jeremy Grant is gone. So, opportunity. Um, that's it. Opportunity, opportunity. That, that, that's what it comes down to. And, and I will say, as a big positive for him, is um, some negatives you could say was um, in the playoffs, he didn't perform as well as he did in the bubble. But we all know regular season is different to playoffs. Yes. Um, otherwise, I'd be drafting Jimmy Butler as my number one. Cheers. <laughs> uh, <if Jeez>. <laughs> um, so he's one of those players who I think will translate very well to the regular season. So he's, he's going to have some big upside. Um, he'll hit threes. He'll get a good amount of rebounds. Um, even though he's defensively not that good on the court, I still think he's, he could get the odd steal because he's so agile. and, and He's long. For a big yeah. Exactly. So he, I think his stats will still be there. Um, and, and surely his minutes have got up now that Grant's gone. So yeah. I think it's a match made in heaven. I think he's definitely could be a huge steal if he um, if he does kind of go into a starting role and, and that's maintained. The only downside to him would be if for some reason he would, he would lose the starting role. Um, I don't think that's super likely. It, it really comes down to his defense, I guess, and, and how Coach Malone wants to take it. But I think the ceiling for him is, is very high, and I'd, he'd definitely be on my watch list in, in the middle rounds. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right now, he's 91 uh, yeah. on, as a rank, and, and I think that's too low for him. I think his, his ceiling's a lot higher than that. So I, I'd be looking at um, the middle, you know, six, seven, eight round. 
Um, if you can get him around that 70 range, 60 range even, um, I reckon he's worth a bit of a... He's a bit of a, you know, shoot for the stars kind of pick, but I think his upside's there. Yeah, definitely. I look, look, he averaged 16 minutes last year. So if he was averaged 32 minutes per game, which is definitely realistic, it's something that I think they should do, you could basically go ahead and just double those stats, you know, and that's like an 18 and 10 kind of player who gets a steal and a block and a couple of threes. You know, that's that's a really good solid player. Um, good percentages, great field goal, great free throws, and low turnovers. So. Um, that's the kind of player that fantasy basketball loves, and he would he would be very well represented in the rankings if he was able to do that. Um, whether or not he does that, obviously they still have uh, Paul Millsap on the team. Um, will Barton will be coming back into the mix, so maybe he plays less at the three, more at the four. But those two players, I'm not too concerned personally. I think he should get well. Uh, played well over those two. Uh, Millsap's obviously older. Will Barton's in and out of the lineup as it is. Um, and I think he's just, he's the future of this team as well. So I think it uh, helps the Nuggets to play him as many minutes as we can, as they can. Uh, I, I personally would have Marcus Smart ranked over him though. And I know that Yahoo's got him behind him, but I think uh, Marcus Smart will have. He's more of a sure thing than Porter Jr. I think Porter Jr. has a bit more of a downside, a bit more of a risk than someone like Marcus Smart. Yeah, I'd agree to that. It's um, he's definitely a safer bet than Marcus Smart. And yeah. If I, but I think the ceiling is definitely a lot higher for Michael Porter, and and that's if you do draft, and that's what you're looking at. I'm gonna go through these next uh, five real quick. Uh, we'll just touch on them real briefly. Uh, I'll just give you the five, and I, and you can let me know your thoughts real briefly. Um, at six, we have Josh Richardson. Um, we've got Jason Tatum at number seven, who's going very early in drafts. Al Horford at number eight, going for a bit of a bounce back because he's in OKC. There's literally no one else there. DeLon Wright could be a starter in Detroit, um, and his stats project really well for fantasy when he gets the minutes. And Kobe White, now that Chris Dunn is gone, he looks like he's going to have the keys to the, the starting point guard role in Chicago. Which of those names stand out to you there, Cal? Um, I'd have to say, I'd say two, um, both of which are small forwards. I think uh, Jay Rich, I think he had a um, down season last season that's because he was playing on a team that was a terrible fit in general <laughs> so yeah um, it, this wasn't offensively it was a terrible team so and yeah. that was being put on um, guess what the Mavs were last season the best offensive team in the league 100% yep and and he's going to have a pretty reasonable role on that team so he's got to be a pretty good pick like I, I think go for him he gets the, the steal like the steals he, he gets the defensive stats he doesn't that harm you in turnovers a whole lot. He gets threes. He defends. He, he's a good player. Um, and look, he's, he's he's a good player to have on your team just so you can watch the maps as well. Like I love watching Luca. So yeah, I, I think he's a great uh, spot. I'll also mention um, JT Jason Tatum. My guy. Uh, he he's going early in drafts. I, I can yeah. see him being a pretty easy second round pick uh, th- this season because his points should definitely go up. Building off the playoffs, he just played huge. Um, he, with Gordon Hayward gone, surely his um, touches would even get, that, that's going to go up. Surely, like he was looking yeah. like a dominant, dominant player, dominant closer. Uh, when it's fourth quarter time in a close game, it's always going to go to him. Um, at this point, yeah. so he he's going to have some good stats, in my opinion. Um, so that'll be my top two out of the handful you threw at me. Just just on Tatum, he's on Yahoo. He's ranked number ten, so that would make him a first yeah. first round pick. Um, do you think that's a bit high? I think it's a bit high. He's definitely a second rounder for me. Yeah, okay. I I don't mind him on the turn there. So if you're in a 10 or 12 team league, 
Um, just because there are a lot of players there with high risks. So players like LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid. I don't want two of those players. So what I would be looking to do on the turn there is get one of those risky kind of players with a higher upside and then maybe pair him with a Tatum who is a bit safer um, and doesn't really have any holes in his games. He's pretty he's a pretty complete player. Um, so he would pair with any of those, those players really nicely and you can start your fantasy team really strong there. Um, we saw flashes in the playoffs of him bringing up the assists a little bit higher. He's gonna, I think he's going to average close to 25, 26 points a game. And, um, and if he can keep doing that on good percentages, um, his steals are very good. He gets nearly a block a game as a small forward. So I, I, I don't mind it. I don't hate it. Um, and, and as a safer play, I think, I think I can see that happening. I do want to shout out um, one guy, um, Kobe White. I think, I think Kobe White's in for a big season. I think... We saw a stretch at the end of last year of him starting to heat up and, and go off, scoring big, big buckets and actually getting some decent assists. And I think with Chris Dunn gone there, that solidifies that Chicago thinks he's going to be the point guard for their future. Um, so I, I, I like Kobe White uh, moving forward. Um, maybe not the biggest assist point guard, but he's going to score. He'll get points. He'll, he'll get threes. Um, I will say that uh, Chris Dunn, for some reason, was actually the smart starting small forward for the Bulls. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, they, they drafted a small forward. I know they. Um, yeah. It's one of those teams, but look, uh, towards that latter kind of two months, he was popping off. He was multiple kind of thirty-point games. Um, he'll be a streaky kind of shooter. He could be someone maybe for a punt field goal because I see him throwing up a lot of threes. But uh, I can see his points and threes being uh, pretty beneficial for a team. Yeah. Cool. All right, we will move on to the losers now. All right, so we'll move on to the losers now from a fantasy perspective. Now, there's a few that we're going to bunch in together here, but first of all, I've got Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, and basically the entire Hornets roster <laughs> now that they've drafted LaMelo Ball and they've acquired uh, Gordon Hayward. I think especially those guards, and also I'll mention Miles Bridges are probably the, the three that will take the biggest hit. I still have a little bit of um, faith in P.J. Washington, um, depending on if they play him at center. But I think those three especially are going to take a, a sizable hit. Yeah. And um, and I actually had Terry here on my fantasy team last season. And even though his counting stats are pretty good at 18-4-4, four four, he still wasn't that useful because he gets no blocks, his steals are low, his field goal is pretty low. So yeah. he really only benefits in those three categories. And, and even those three cats aren't super outstanding yeah. to begin with um, and, and it's just one of those things now that his role is going to diminish because Gordon yeah. Hayward um, is getting paid like a number one option so mm-hmm. we'll see what that happens and then as, as we touched on Lamelo is kind of being handed the keys here yeah. so uh, his play is going to go down a lot I think out of the two of him or Devontae Graham I, it could go either way it's flip a coin but I think he'd probably take the bench role um, but it could go 50-50 yeah. and, 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 and that's why with Devontae Graham exact same situation exact yeah. same situa- situation I, I think because he stretches the floor a bit better for Lamelo to work with that's might be what the coach goes with but I mean look you don't know at this point so it's just a gamble and I don't like a whole lot of uncertainty in players that aren't as super beneficial to begin with yeah no I, yeah, I agree with you and they're both like usage kind of players they rely on the having the ball in their hands to produce their their stats um so i think yeah because the fact that they're going to take a sizable hit in that um that's going to knock them back so for example someone like terry rosier is ranked 123 look up 
I think that's fine. That's pretty fair um, on, on Yahoo. 123. I'll just t- check Graham here now. He's 93. 93. Yeah. Look, I'd probably say they're both pretty accurate. I I, I think in our winners um, video, we we talked about Marcus Smart um, as the 94th ranked player. Um, I definitely know who I'm taking over Marcus Smart or Devontae Graham. Um, check that video if you're not too sure. But um, yeah, I think these guys are going to take a big hit um, and I probably won't be drafting either of them in, in my fantasy drafts. Um, and also, Miles Bridges, who we should touch on, who was yeah. in and out of fantasy rosters last year. There was He was sort of maybe a breakout guy last year. I started with him on my team, ended up dropping him. Um, I don't think that he's going to be a draftable player this year because Gordon Hay was going to come in there and just command that, that wing spot that uh, Miles had last season. So... Um, yeah, it, it, it's a bit of a fly. Like, maybe he does get the starting power forward role, but you don't really know. And and, it, and regardless, his usage will go down. Yeah. And as you said, he wasn't that flashy to begin with. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, similar story with our loser number two, and that is the, um, well, I've highlighted Gallinari here, but also just the Atlanta Hawks in general. I think... Look, they've made tremendous moves, and I think they're going to be a better team for it. But from a fantasy point of view, it's going to affect everyone's stats. And I think, look, Trey Young will probably survive it the best. Um, But I still think even maybe a minor hit to him because he relies so much on having the ball in his hands so much. They brought in players like Rondo, uh, even someone like a Chris Dunn, um, Gallinari, Bogdan Bogdanovic. They've drafted Okongu, who I think is a good player, so it'll affect the big guys. They're just a more competent team and there's more mouths to feed on this team so I think as a result they'll all sort of diminish a little bit and Jermaine's pick of John Collins in the in the first round uh, I don't I don't really I hated it at the time and I, I hate it even more now so I think yeah he's definitely a, a sort of end of the second round kind of pick for me personally yeah yeah, I, I agree the thing I'll say about the Hawks is uh, it's really the only reliable player I think is um is your Trey Young just because yeah. he's like been handed the keys Everyone else is a, a bit of a question mark at this point, and it, it's I, still, I think it's they're a great team now. Um, it's just because they're so deep, and you don't really know what direction the coach would take him because um, there's a lot of young players there as well. You don't know what's he going to do with Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, yeah, um, and then there's a player like Rondo who's an injury concern anyway, and then John Collins is now stuck in the front court with Clint Capella, so it's his usage going to yeah. go down. It's, it's it's a weird roster. The only safe bet is Trey Young. Everyone else, I'd be a little bit hesitant on. Yeah. Um. And and as you said, uh, yeah, Gallinari would also fall in that uh, category. Yeah, I, definitely. I think I think obviously the reason I highlight Gallinari is because he's he gets his value from points, threes, and free throw percentage, and uh, that's that's it basically. Maybe a, a small trickle of rebounds in there as well. So he's obviously moving to the three, so those rebounds are going to drop. Um, he's going to have the ball in his hands less, so those free throws attempts are going to drop, and of course his points are going to drop as well. So I can see him actually sliding a fair way down. Um, Trey Young, I still think he's a first rounder. Um, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is an interesting one because obviously he was coming off the bench a fair bit in Sacramento, so he actually might have similar value and and may even come up. Um, so he is one to keep an eye on. He may not lump into this group, but the rest of them I can see taking a minor on the Collins and Capella side to a major on the Gallinari side in terms of fantasy value. So. Yeah, just be aware of that that increased uh, volume of mouths to feed in in, in hawks. Um, yeah, Let, let's move on to another one. This one's a bit bit more unclear. At number three, I've got a combination of Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. 
Now, the reason I say this because on our rookie video, we talked about Obi Toppin, and you were pretty high on Obi Toppin. You thought he was going to get the keys and, and get some minutes. That, you would think, means that one or both of these guys are going to see a decrease in their minutes. How do you how do you see this playing out? I mean, it's one of those question marks, isn't it? And um, I look, I'm high on Obi. I, I think Obi will, will perform. Um, the only thing is who... <laughs> Who does um the, the coach really who does coach want to throw in there? Yeah. So, um, Mitchell Robinson has never really been able to play many minute minutes regardless, just because of um foul trouble. Foul trouble. Yeah. Exactly. Um, even though he may have had a record breaking um field goal season, beat, beat Wilt Chamberlain in field goal. Did percentage. he really? Seventy four percent. Yeah. True. <laughs> Best of all time. Wow. Um, it still wasn't on a whole lot of attempts because he couldn't stay on the freaking court. Yeah. Um, so he, he, he only the only real positive he really brought was kind of like, I guess it was the field goal, but it wasn't a huge, um, you know, um, there wasn't a whole lot of attempts, yeah. which, which didn't help you out a whole lot. And then the blocks were there, but he just wasn't super positive to begin with. And I, I don't see that changing a whole lot. And then in terms of that, you got Obi. What's Julius, is Julius Randle going to be in the trade market? Maybe yeah. um, he's got a big con- tr- contract. So it's one of those things. His advanced stats are really bad. So maybe Tom Tibbs would be like, no, nah, I don't want to do Julius Randle. We'll go Obi Toppin. It's, it's, a, it's a bit of a shit show. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. I'm very hesitant to take either of them. Yeah, there's red flags all over the place. Like it's the Knicks. Like it's just, it's like <laughs> just hard to get a handle on it. Like, look, I, what they should do is they should play, uh, in my opinion, they should give the bulk of the minutes to Robinson and Toppin and just play the young guys. But... Whether or not they do that, I know Tibbs is a defense guy, so maybe he likes Robinson, but then maybe he doesn't like Toppin, so these guys might be unaffected. But like you said, it's just the unknown factor. Look, Mitch Robinson is ranked 47th, and I just would not be comfortable drafting him at that point. The other thing that concerns me about him is just the fact that his value is concentrated so highly in such few categories. One game, he'll play eight minutes and give you like six points, two rebounds and do nothing else. And the next game, he'll have six blocks, you know, and win you the week in, in that category. But it's, it's just so up and down and so unpredictable that it's a, he's a frustrating player to own. Um, and if I can get my blocks elsewhere, I will be looking to do so. Um, yeah, I honestly hated him. I had him on my team last season. I hated it. I only drafted him because he slid. For some reason, he did. you might have to fact check me, but he was like a top 20 pick apparently. He, he was ranked, like, yeah, he was ranked number 20 last year. None of, uh, none of the, the players in our draft <laughs> bought it and he slid, I think, right until, I think it was like the 80th pick or something no, like it that. Was, it was so it, it got to yeah. a point where like he just fell to me uh, yeah, around like the 80th pick and I thought to myself, well, apparently he's got top 20 value according to Yahoo. Yeah. So, uh, and there's a lot of professionals apparently that put that list together. So I might, I might as well take him and um, yeah, look, he only he only really gave me blocks. Like the the three field goal was, it just wasn't enough to amount to really anything. Yeah, obviously great on turnovers as well, but that's good. Played fuck all minutes. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So look, he, he's a he's a boom in three categories. Like uh, he, he does give you seven rebounds in twenty three minutes. Look, if he was to play thirty two minutes, this guy would be amazing. But my confidence in getting there, uh, uh, just I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And I think at pick forty seven, it's too much risk. Too yeah, too much too risk to, to pick him well, there. Where would you be? Would you draft him at eighty like last year in our draft, or where would you be looking to pick him? Again, it would depend on my build. If if I'm in need of blocks and I don't mind losing a bit of free throw percentage, I'm pretty happy with my points, then yeah, I would. Um, but again, it's, it's one of those really situational type of picks that I that I would have to be pretty desperate for blocks to want to pick him. Um, but yeah, I think at 80, 
yeah, I think it's it's a good it's a good swing. It's a it's a a high upside pick at that point. Um, let's let's move on to the next one. We'll move on to uh, another number four uh, loser of free agency, and that is Ricky Rubio, who has obviously landed himself in Minnesota, and. Uh, this Minnesota backcourt has actually gotten pretty crowded in this offseason. Um, they obviously drafted number one pick Anthony Edwards. They've got Jan Russell there, who they traded for last season. Malik Bleasy, uh, uh, Beasley got a, a big contract. It just, there's, again, a lot of mouths to feed, a lot of players who want the ball in their hands. Ricky Rubio is now 30, which sounds weird to say, but... Um, He's 30 years old now, so I think I can see him sliding down uh, fairly far. What are your thoughts on, on Ricky Rubio? Yeah, I think um, I'm looking at his rank right now, 61. Yeah, I think that's way too high. Yeah, I wouldn't that's based be. Based off his his high assists, and, yeah, um, there's no way he's going to average. I, I don't see him averaging 8.8 assists again. Like, no, surely that's going to go down. I, I don't think so. Um, whether he starts, I think, is a bit of a question mark as well. I, I can understand, mate, like offensively he actually might be able to fit with um uh with their starting point guard and Delangelo Russell but I just don't I don't know I think it's just a weird it's a weird kind of pick mm. um surely his usage would go down like it has to it yeah has to go down so I, he's definitely a loser um it worst case scenario for him is this he ends up being a bit of a bench role and he yeah. plays about 20 minutes a game and if that's happening then there's no real reason to pick him up unless Delangelo Russell goes down with an injury so you could keep on your um, kind of you know watch list um, for injuries because he put up stats if that happens. But yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd be very hesitant to pick him. He'd be kind of like a a waiver on one of my last picks. I'm towards like the 130 um, kind of range for me. Okay, I think I'm a little higher than that. Um, just at this stage, the the way I see it going, I think they'll put Rubio at the one, D'Angelo Russell at the two, and they might even slide. Edwards to the three is what I'm guessing they'll do if the, the rumors are true that Edwards is now six foot six, which could could be false. Um, so I could see that happening and him still playing maybe like 26 to 28 minutes, which would give him enough value on his steals and assists alone. Um, but yeah, definitely a loser. I definitely think he's going to drop. Last year, he was ranked 47th overall on a punt turnover build. Um, so, look, at 61, yeah, I probably wouldn't want to pick him there. I probably wanted to pick him close to the 100 mark. Um, but, if I again, if you were to see signs of him coming off the bench, yeah, abort. You're sort of, you're sort of backing off, and, and he's purely Trade. get rid of him. Yeah, he's, he's purely an assist streamer at that point. Um, so yeah. it could go bad for, for Ricky Rubio real quick. All right. Um, last one that we'll go into a depth is Robert Covington as a big loser obviously going over to the Portland Trailblazers now he's not really a high usage player you could say so you could think that he might fit in but the way I see it the, the Houston Rockets were a perfect fit for a player like Bob Cove um, like lots of threes lots of steals and actually for a wing player lots of blocks and lots of rebounds for that small ball lineup that they were running obviously they didn't have a center on the team for half the season um, so he was playing really close to the rim getting lots of blocks getting lots of rebounds so I see that dropping uh, fairly significantly this um, this year he's obviously on a team that has a few more weapons um, around them um, so maybe his uh, three-point attempts goes down and his points maybe drop as well uh, and potentially also rebounds dropping as well so um, someone who I am pretty down on um, what are your thoughts on Bob Cove? 
Look, I'm, I'm happy you brought him up, and it's it's this is why we have these discussions. Everyone has their own opinion, oh, obviously. Yeah. And, and I think I'm actually a bit high on high okay. uh, Covington. Sell me. I'm I'm high on Covington. So I reckon right now he's ranked 78. All right. There, there was periods where he put up kind of top like like th- I guess 30 value when he put up like the the steals and the blocks together with the threes, like the combination of those three stats. He's kind of like a Nicholas Batum flashback to like 2013, 2014 kind of thing. When, when you do those three counting stats, it's they're so valuable um, yeah. with the low turnovers as well. So those four categories are actually like really big assets. And I understand that, um, yeah, look, his rebounds will go down because he's no longer like a starting center. But I still feel like he's going to get the threes to throw up. He, he, only, he only averaged you know 10 field goals a game last season. There's every chance he could put up like 12 points a game on that um, Trailblazers team, and I still think his steals and blocks. He was putting up similar stats when he was in Philly, and and, and that's with like a, a, a you know a Joel Embiid with bigger players. He's a help defender. That's how he gets those stats. I still think he pile them up. Um, I, I'm high on Covington. So yeah, okay. We, it's one we disagree on. There you go. Well, so he was ranked 44 last season. Do you see him being around the same kind of range? Um. Yeah. Look, I think he'd slot into that. Yeah. I reckon he'd slot right back in. Okay. Right back in there. So Fair enough. I'd, I'd be looking to, I guess at this point it's a reach, but my advice would be to reach for him. Your advice is to stay away from him. Well, I'm not saying stay <laughs> well, away. Decide. I'm not saying stay away. Like if with his rank at 78, I, I don't mind drafting him around that point, um, but I don't want to draft him at his last year's value of 44 in that top 50 zone. I think that's his ceiling, and I don't want to draft a player at his ceiling who could potentially drop off a fair bit. Um, so that that would be my advice is is if you can wait for him if he drops you if he doesn't if someone like yourself reaches on him then so what you know that's all good they can have him um, you move on to someone else who can get you some steals uh, maybe like a Marcus Smart later in the draft um, so yeah look not someone who I absolutely hate but I think um, in this loser category in my opinion he's there but I, I, I do see the argument and, and someone who if he did come out and get two steals and hit two and a half threes uh, would still be a, a highly ranked player um, so um, last couple uh, I'll just run through them again real quick uh, Blake Griffin who's obviously they the team's born in 20 big guys Derek Favors is another big loser going to a bench role Chris Dunn who was an elite steal guy last year will be struggling to get minutes Luke Kennard, who's gone from uh, Detroit, who put up a lot of points last year, and Marcus Gasol, who was that three-point assist, good free-throw percentage big guy who's now going to be playing a minor role in the Lakers. Uh, which one of those guys stand out to you the most? Look, I'll say stay away from Blake Griffin. Do not draft Blake Griffin. He is ranked 83rd. I don't know what is going on with him. He has had injury concerns for yep. years now. When he came back from that last injury, he looked terrible. Do yep. not draft Blake Griffin. <laughs> the next thing I'll say is, yeah, look, Chris Dunn, I guess I'll probably touch on as well. Chris Dunn it was a st- starting small forward for a very bad team. And yep. now he's going to be a bench a bench role, I guess. Um, he's just going to be a, a specialist defender. And in, in my eyes, he's kind of like a an example might be like a Tory Craig for the Nuggets. Yeah. He's going to come on, be a specialist. He's not a fantasy guy to own anymore, sadly. Yeah. Nah, his fantasy days are behind him. Yeah, I agree with you with Blake Griffin. Look, if he's there with my last pick or my second last pick, I'll take a swing. I'll, I'll see how I go. <laughs> and if he and if he shit, I'll just drop him. You know, it's, it's all good. That's what those last sort of picks are for. But... 
yeah, look, it doesn't seem like he's going to be the same player that he was prior to all these injuries. Look, he shot 35% last year. Like, that is absolutely awful. Um, Small sample size, though. Like, it was just injuries. He came back from an injury, and then they're like, oh, no, he's just not 100%. And yeah. And so I, so bad. I just don't think it's in this, this team's best interest to play this guy. I, I think you'd much rather play someone like a Jeremy Grant or or some of those younger guys who at least have a future on this team outside of, you know, just wasting all their money. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. Do not draft Blake Griffin unless it's a late-round flyer. Alrighty, guys. Well, that's that's it for today's podcast. Um, if you are listening along on YouTube, please subscribe. We've got lots of fantasy content coming out. Um, if you can hit the like button on the video as well, it would be much appreciated. Um, and stay tuned for more fantasy content coming at you. Thank you. Bye.